Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Smetty here, they're, they're past me. I'm so much, I, I could be their grandfather, so they want to be you. Welcome to another edition of Bad Luck, Golick and Smetty. I'm Mike <laughs> Golick Sr., she is Jess Matana, and we are coming off our first live show at Notre Dame last Friday, the day before the Stanford game. The show went extremely well, I thought, Jess, and then the game, not so much. I should have known, Mike. I mean, we should have known. This is why we can't have nice things. Like, one thing goes right and another thing goes wrong. This is why I have anxiety, Mike. It just feels like once the good things start rolling, should have seen that Stanford loss coming. I know you were at the game. I was at the game. It was the first game I went to this season. Um, it was really weird. I thought that the, you know, having a, having a primetime game against like a unranked team like Stanford kind of had a weird home atmosphere. And yeah, again, when you're losing in the first half and not doing anything uh, on the field, that doesn't help either. But I was just as shocked as anyone else that Notre Dame lost that game. We were so complimentary to the Irish during our show and leading up to it and, and really uh, critical of Stanford. And then there you go. Stanford wins sixteen to fourteen. Yeah, uh, we were uh, we were both on the same uh, pregame show, local pregame show out here with with some others, and they asked for scores at the end. <laughs> you said forty, didn't you? You had a, you had Notre yeah. Dame in the forties, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You know, Mike. Sometimes you got to ham it up because you know you, you know the audience yeah. watching the local ABC show in South Bend wants wants you to say that the team's going to win by a million points. I mean, the, there was actually a Notre Dame former Notre Dame football player who did predict. Irish by a million. So at least my prediction wasn't as ludicrous as that. But yeah, Mike, yeah. Uh, uh, ooh, bad, bad game. I I didn't even I didn't even think it, you know because I, I get it. You want to make it good for TV, but I I believed it. I thought we were gonna put up thirty or forty <laughs> against them. And then when they when Stanford went right down the field on their first drive and scored, I'm like, oh okay, we're starting mm-hmm. out slow. But man, it, I mean. You know, I guess the word is inconsistent now. Um, that that I would that I would say for this team, there uh, we've seen them play well, and we've seen them play bad, and we've seen them. So that that's that's the the textbook dictionary of inconsistent. And yeah. of course, boy oh boy, you know they won't do it because they're eighteen to twenty two year olds. But boy, it'd be nice if the the players just sit there and say, "Stay off social media," because it's getting ugly out there <laughs> right now. Six six games in, it blows my mind of all the great coaches that we have out there in Twitter world that know mm-hmm. better what to do on the field than, uh, listen, 
And you're, everybody is free to criticize all you want. Don't get me wrong. You're absolutely entitled to your opinion, but uh, some of it gets a little bit laughable. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I'm, you know, I, th- I think it's okay to say that Notre Dame has lost two games that they absolutely should not yep. have lost. Sure. Um, but also that it's only been six games of a, of a new head coaching regime, and we should probably wait until the end of the season to say what the season is or isn't. Um, you mentioned Stanford uh, scoring a touchdown on their first drive. That was the only touchdown they scored the entire game. The defense, yeah. although yeah. they were not great at getting three and outs, they did hold them to field goals the rest of the game. So really all you needed from Notre Dame's offense was a couple drives and, and maybe some turnover luck for a change. I know there was that one Tanner McKee fumble that got called back and there was a touchdown that right. got called back. And that's really all Notre Dame needed, but um, they didn't have it. And like you said, I mean, I think the players are getting criticized. The coaches are certainly getting criticized. And I also think it's it's fair to say when a player has a good or bad performance or a coach has a good or bad performance. Um, but overall, like it was really just a abysmal abysmal game yeah. from a from a it fan was. perspective. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't one of those losses where it was even like interesting or fun or like fun to no. watch. It was just really bad. Well, it was because all the expectation was that we were going to take care of business in that one. It was the students uh, the day before had their last classes. They were, they were off for oh, they're off for yeah. the week, but there was still a good amount of them there. You wonder how many now will come back, uh, you know, on Saturday for the UNLV game this week. Uh, I have no idea, but I, you know, I I, I just have to say, uh, as I as I said, I'll everybody's entitled to their opinion, you know, about criticizing who or, or, or what you say or about play calling or this or that. But the one thing that, that gets me is the people that are out there criticizing Marcus Freeman's um, uh, pressers saying, well, he's saying the same thing. <laughs> you know, they have to, they have to execute and then they don't go out and execute. And you know, what's he telling us? And, and my thought, I, I just laugh at that. Cause in all honesty, I always think as a, everything as a former player, the best, the best ones, as far as I'm concerned, and they're not, not, for us, the media, or for the fans, but it's Bill Belichick. Tell them nothing. Yeah. Tell nothing. them not. You know what? You know what? Bill and every head coach out there now, including Marcus Freeman, doesn't owe me, doesn't owe you, doesn't owe the media, and doesn't owe the fans the inner workings of the team and what's going on. You know how they really want you to delve into it. He doesn't. Head coaches don't. They should just you know sing that same song, put out what they want to put out. And all you need to worry about is what you're talking with the team about and what you're working on. Listen, are they playing good? No, they're not. But to throw and and people, like I said, can criticize play calling or players or coaches. That's fine. But to sit there and criticize a presser, he's saying the same thing and he's saying <laughs> execute. Well, no kidding. Name me a coach who hasn't uttered the word execution and we have well, to execute better 20 we times. Mention, yeah, we shouldn't mention Brian Kelly and execution in the same sentence if we're yeah, naming yeah, coaches and execution. He didn't like, get that one right, did he? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree. Well, like, I, if you're a coach in a press conference, like, what are you really going to say? If you're too yeah. happy and optimistic, everyone's going to be mad at you. If you're too down in the dumps, everyone's going to be like, well, you can't motivate your team. Yep. You're really trying to send a message to your players and to recruits in a press conference, I think, if you're a college football coach. And um, like you said, Bill, Bill Belichick gets he gets made fun of and laughed at for his one word answers, but he also doesn't give away anything. And nope. that's why he is, uh, you know, part of why he's considered one of the greatest of all time. The head coach of my NFL team famously says 
sometimes very bizarre things during his press yeah. conferences that are, I, I don't know if intentionally cryptic and so that people can't read too much into them or what, but last week Mike Tomlin said um, after the Steelers lost in, in horrible fashion to the Bills, I don't intend to change for the sake of changing to shoot a hostage. And I still have no idea what that means. So yeah, you could read whatever, whatever you want into head coach press conferences. But at the end of the day, like they're, they're for, you know, they're for public relations standpoints. You're not really going to find out yeah. what's going on in practice during one of those. No, no, you are not. As, as, as much as you dive into a question to try and get a coach to say something, most of them will not. You, you, you send out the message that you want to send out and, and you go from there. So, you know, we'll see the UNLV coming up this week and then at Syracuse. Syracuse still undefeated. We'll see if they are. Uh, by the time we get there, uh, but I mean that's and give them credit. They're playing. Uh, they're playing some excellent ball, no doubt yeah. about that. And and I I doubt. I think a lot of people doubt they will be undefeated by the time we play them because they play Clemson this week right. at Clemson. So that's going to be a that, that's going to be a hell of a test for them. And who knows? We'll we'll see if their their magic year magical year can kind of continue. Uh, ours did not, so I don't know if we'll ever be invited back. Um, from that standpoint, but boy, what a great point. You know, we had the, as we mentioned, only the second time in college football where we had three games of undefeateds that were five and zero or better. Michigan took care of business against Penn State, put up four, I think it was what, 41 17. I mean, they slowly they pulled away from Penn State and controlled that game at Michigan. And then the other two, wow. I mean, Alabama, Tennessee, TCU, Oklahoma State. As I said, everybody except the defensive players and former defensive players uh, uh, loved that game. But I just yeah. think as a defensive player, no matter if you're on the winning team or losing team, you're going to have an awful day in film session the next day because of all the <laughs> points that were scored. But, you know, that, that Tennessee – and as I, as I had said all week, I, Tennessee can win that game, and, but I thought Alabama would if Bryce, if Bryce Young started – but it's not like I would say, oh, my God, what a, the biggest upset of all time. Not by any stretch. These, and people say, well, is Alabama not as good or the top teams are not as good? No, I still think they're really good. I just think the gap is closing, Jess. I think other teams are getting really good, like Tennessee. You know, Hendon Hooker is putting himself squarely in the, uh, the, the Heisman uh, talk. I think he has now 15 touchdowns and just the one interception, which he threw against Alabama. I think other teams like Tennessee, Ole Miss, USC, though they dropped one to uh, Utah, uh, Oklahoma State, uh, or I should say TCU. I mean, there's there's a lot of really good teams. I wish this year, quite honestly, that the playoffs were expanded because I think there's a lot of good teams. Yeah, I think your um, your point about Tennessee is a good one, but I still want to see how they finish out their season because I think when you get to this point in the season, we're kind of halfway through now, and Alabama has one loss and and Tennessee's has like that marquee win of the season really of their program for the last 15 years I think it, it's great and it's it's fun to watch and certainly Notre Dame fans who are watching that game um, at the stadium were rooting for Tennessee but you still need to see how they finish out the season one of the reasons that Nick Saban is you know the greatest of all time is because he's able to keep his team focused even when they do lose a game that you know they they want to win or they think they should win um, because there's still a whole lot of season left if you're Tennessee. You still have to play Georgia. Then if you beat Georgia, you might have to play Alabama again in the SEC championship or another SEC West team if, if one beats Alabama. So there's, there's really a lot, of, a lot of season left to go. And I think the thing that sets apart the good teams from the great teams is that the great teams 
um, still can finish the season strong as the schedules get tougher, as they play, you know, their rival uh, teams, their conference opponents, and then these conference championship games, which, you know, the SEC championship games usually been a, a pretty good game the last few years. So I, I'm excited to see the way that that all shakes out. But yeah, you mentioned Utah upsetting USC. That was an exciting game. TCU, Oklahoma State, which again, Gojo yeah. has gotten to call some of Whoa, the best boy. college football games this season. Like I, I don't, he, he, we needed some of his luck this weekend on Saturday. Maybe Notre Dame should invite him back um, for the Clemson game. But yeah, it, it's it's been a fun college football season. And, and like it. you said, you know, it'd be it'd be nice to have the expanded playoff this season. But these things always shake out in a way where by the end of the season. There's a pretty clear delineation between top four, maybe top yeah. five. I'd be surprised if the season was different, but if it is, if it does, you know, shake out that way, we'll have some good New Year's Six bowl games at least. Yeah, listen, I'm with you, and I'm with you about the SEC. Now the Tennessee gets that win over Bama. They have to take on Georgia, you know, so they're both sitting at the top of the East, and then it's actually Ole Miss on the top of the West over Alabama, uh, and Georgia and Alabama don't play in the regular season uh, this year. Uh, but Ole, uh, but Ole Miss and, and Alabama do, so that'll be the game to see who gets in the SEC title game to try and get into the Final Four. I mean, it, the, yeah, there's still a lot to go, but boy, oh boy, what what Tennessee did in, in that game. They're they're an exciting team to watch. They really yeah. are, and and it's good to have another team in there because it's Ohio State, it's Georgia, it's Alabama. Uh, but it's good when those other teams, and we always wonder about the Big 12. You know, we see TCU now, and, and throw Oklahoma State uh, still still there. It was a, it was a good game uh, that they that they played. I, I, I thought it was uh, high scoring, so you, you never know uh, how it's going to go. Uh, but what, what do you have? You have TCU at sitting there at 8 and Oklahoma State sitting there at 11. You always wonder with the Big 12, though. Do they fold at the end? You know, we always say, oh, they look good, they look good, and then they end up on the outside looking in. So, you know, let's see if one of them get there. Because I'm with you. There's a lot of season let, yet let to go. We'll get a lot of good head-to-head matchups that are, are going to decide this. And that's one of the things. Quickly, I, I wouldn't mind, I want to get your view. You know, we're going to expand to 12. And people are saying it's going to ruin the regular season because – some of these are like playoff games, like, you know, during the regular season playoff games because of the implications. And I say you're just looking at the wrong part of the rankings once we expand. You know, now, because there's four teams, you look at like three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And that when those teams, you know, the tough games and regular season playoff game type atmosphere we talk about, you know, when we go to 12 teams, it'll be 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Those are the teams we'll be looking at as far as regular season kind of playoff game. So I still think you get those exciting games. It just slides down the rankings a little bit. I totally agree with you. I don't think it takes anything away from the regular season, except for maybe you see a team that, and this is already sort of the case for some teams. Like you see a team like Ohio state say that they lose a game to Purdue in the middle of the season. Now, instead of, and that happened a couple of years ago, instead of like, all right, it's going to be really hard for them to make the playoff unless another team loses a game now right. it's like all right they'll probably make it but now they might have to play a harder you know game off the top and and I think like if they do you know the seating where there's bye weeks and stuff like that and like two teams right. take a bye like I think that will still matter and so maybe there will be a slight change but I also do think it makes other games like if you're a more of a casual college football fan watching in week six and now or week seven and you're watching Syracuse and Clemson now 
that's basically like a, a mini playoff uh, preview game. If you think Syracuse can win out if they lose to Clemson right. or or vice versa with Clemson, I think it makes the regular season more exciting, like you said, because now there's more teams in the mix and, and even trickling down to teams ranked, you know, 20 through 25, right? Maybe they win a game and now they're in the mix midway through the season when they, they lost early and, and didn't seem to have a chance. So I don't think it makes it any less exciting. And if you love watching college football games, you would love right. watching that Tennessee Alabama game this weekend, even if it didn't have any stakes attached to it uh, in terms of playoffs or rankings, right? It was just a fun college football game. There was missed oh, field goals. There was yeah. touchdowns. I mean, it was just crazy. It was fun to watch. So I, yeah, I still think that the, the college football product is good enough that it really isn't going to change too much in terms of regular season, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it, how it shakes out. As I, as you said, fun to watch, except if you were a defensive player, because that's uh, ugly. Right. Ugly. But I, I do I do get the, the point, though, that people would say, like in a few weeks when Georgia plays Tennessee, another maybe a de facto play-in game, once the, and if they were having the seasons they were now, we're in a 12-team playoff, that game probably wouldn't make much of a difference because they would both probably be in uh, the top 12. So as I said, you just have to look in different spots. Um, in the in the uh, in the rankings to where it's going to go. So uh, I, I like I thought it was a great college football weekend, save for Notre Dame Stanford, which was very very <laughs> tough to swallow. NFL, you know, just like the Alabama Tennessee game, we got Kansas City and Buffalo. You know what? And that lived up, right? I mean, that lived, lived up to the hype as well with Buffalo getting the win there. Uh, and you know, Mahomes, you're thinking is going to bring him back, and you know, there's a turnover and it doesn't happen, but. We got basically what people think are the two best teams in the AFC squaring off. So all over the place, college and, and pros. And the game I called, you know, you had Dallas at 4-1 and one and yeah. Philly was 5-0 and oh and undefeated. And that looked like it was going to be a runaway. And then Dallas has a big third quarter and gets within three. But then Philly ices the game. So so a lot of, a lot of good games, I think, on, on both, both sides, college and NFL. Well, I hate to bring up the Steelers again because really – I'm I'm making this all about myself, but Mike, the Steelers had probably the upset <laughs> of the weekend, maybe of their entire season, beating Tom Brady and the Bucks. And and the storyline, of course, became Tom Brady went to Robert Kraft's wedding on Friday night, and he missed the walkthrough, and he wasn't playing well, and he was yelling at his O line. And my question for you, like, what what does missing the walkthrough even mean if you're a player? Does that matter if you're 45 years old? Well, I mean, it's part of like, you know, I go back to the and. I go back to the Urban Meyer thing um, when they played in Cincinnati. I actually called that yeah. game. And then he stayed, you know, to go to his bar or whatever in Columbus or blah, 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 and that whole thing. And the stuff, you know, where he got caught with the pictures with the girl, That, as I said, that's Oh, we, that's we, we remember. His, <laughs> yes, that's between him and his wife. You know, I, I, I talk about football, you know, and players and coaches and, and, and from a football side. That's his personal life. I, I'm not getting into that. The thing that irked me was the fact he didn't go back with the team. Okay? I'm right. sure the, the part maybe irked his wife was a little different. But the part that irked me was the fact he he didn't go back with his team. Said he needed kind of a break. Well, what, what the hell do you think the players need? They hadn't won a game. You know, they were winning in that game and they lost. And you don't go back with your team. You're not a team. You know, that. so that's kind of it. You're a team. You know, and, and you you stick together. Walk through, yeah. Technically, Tom Brady needing walk through, understandably, no. I, I, I get it. 
But it's just the fact that this is what you do. It's just like his 11-day absence. Now, again, if it was for the personal reasons and it's family and all that, you have to you have to be understanding about some of that without question. But you know, this this was for a wedding. You know, I mean, n- n- nothing nothing unbelievably crucial here. So, and and you see, Todd Bowles came out and he said, "Listen, he's not getting preferential treatment. Even lesser players, if they had some things they needed to do, they would be able to do it." I don't know. I, I, I'm maybe that this is still the old school in me. I think, you know, you're in the season. This is team stuff, unless it's, you know, an emergency or I, you know, I, cause I put family before even football, you know, if it has something to do that's serious there, I get it. But I, you know, a wedding, I just, now, is that the reason they lost? No, but you know, we, we keep saying about Tom Brady and the Bucks and Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Oh, they're, they're going to all figure it out. Well, you know what? I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to. I, I don't <laughs> think these teams are going to end up being very good. We keep saying when when Aaron figures it out with these receivers. Well, I mean, we're getting we're getting in the area a couple of weeks of the halfway point of the season, and they're not scoring for shit, you know. And really, neither is Tampa Bay. So there's a point where you say, "This is what we are," you know. I mean, Tom has had his receivers for a couple of weeks, and. And we see Aaron struggling as well. Now he's getting hit a lot, but but he doesn't look like the Aaron Rodgers that's walking into the Hall of Fame. So for all we've been kind of giving these guys the benefit of the doubt, I don't think it's happening for either team this year. Playoffs certainly maybe, but but I, I don't see them in the hunt for you know the, the Lombardi Trophy by the end of the year. So to, going circling all the way back, it's just the whole team aspect to me. This is your walkthrough. This this is where you're supposed to be right now outside of an emergency and, and going, you know, to your former owner's wedding to me doesn't fit the bill of an emergency. But, but again, Sir Elton you know, John was sh- there. They don't give a shit what I think. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, how awesome is that? That's I saw, why he had it in the fall, apparently. I saw him. Oh, yeah. I wanted to know when he had an off day. I saw him in concert, me and my wife in Vegas. Wow. Wow. Was he fantastic. So, I get that. So maybe, so you get that. maybe, a, well, yeah, if Tom wanted I, to go hear Elton John, maybe, huh? Then you understand. I think the thing that, yeah. that, um, I was going to say Elton John and Urban Meyer, but no, I mean to say the thing that Tom Brady and Urban Meyer have in common in those scenarios is that they're both perceived to be leaders of the team. Urban Meyer, obviously right. a head coach, lead by example, but Tom Brady as the veteran quarterback who's won seven Super Bowls and, you know, has, he's considered the greatest of all time. And so, yeah, maybe there, maybe there are people that roll their eyes and are cynical about teamwork, whatever, like these are paid professionals. And if Tom Brady isn't there, is there, maybe his teammates should, should get that. But I also can see your point of view, Mike saying, you know, you you were saying you're old school, but I think there's some truth to it that there's also the camaraderie of being on a team and like doing things together and being where you're supposed to be that, maybe does come into play. And, and so I've heard a lot of people say that like, yeah, if you're going to miss a walkthrough or you're not going to travel with the team or whatever, that's fine, but you better play well. And then right. he, he didn't really play too well. So that's maybe where the issue comes into play. And, and it wouldn't have mattered if, if they had just, you know, not had Mitch Trubisky drive the ball all over them at the end of the fourth quarter, but he did. He did. So what do you, what, what do you think about the uh, going to your team now? Mitch and Kenny, what 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 route are you going? I think Kenny's going to start. I know he's in concussion protocol, but I, I think right, right. if he's cleared, he's still the starter. He's going to start. I think it was a nice little like redemption arc for Mitch Trubisky to have that um, play at the end of the fourth quarter, and I think it goes to show like how 
you know, we've seen this in, in college football with Notre Dame in the last few years, how when you're the starter and you get benched, um, you're still one play away from playing. So it's important for the coach and for your team to keep you active and, and like stimulated and ready to play. And so I was happy to see that he got that moment and he was ready to play and he had some great passes to chase Claypool um, to ice the game at the end. And, and yeah, it was just, it was nice, but yeah, Kenny Pickett, I think still, still, uh, still starts. He also, he, he scored the Steelers first, first quarter touchdown, I think of the season and also their first touchdown pass of the season in week five. So that doesn't say a lot for, for the team. So, so let me put it this way. I love throwing the hypotheticals out there, even though I hate when people do it to me, (laughs) uh, they're, they're, uh, they're at Miami. It's a Sunday night game. Uh, I believe this week. Say say Kenny is a dot of protocol and Mitch starts and he plays well and they win. And then Kenny clears protocol for the next week at Philadelphia. Are you still saying we go back to Kenny or do you leave Mitch in if he plays well and they win? I think you still go back to Kenny, but <laughs> it, if Mitch throws like 500 yards and four touchdowns, then I'll change my mind. But we'll, we'll say we'll he plays, you know, two hundred two. 250 yards, two touchdowns, maybe an interception, but well enough to win. That, that, that's mm. not enough to, to say keep Kenny out, huh? I think you still start Kenny against the Eagles. But I don't know, Mike. I'm not Mike, – Mike Tomlin knows best. He's the one who's done it for, you know, 20 years. So we'll, we'll see what he does. I, I, I'm still – you know, I've been horrible at picking games. Horrible. I keep – I pick the Packers over the Jets, keep thinking the Packers are going to get <laughs> – Get well on the Jets. I think a lot of people pick the Packers over the Jets. I wouldn't blame yourself. Oh, yes, I, I agree with that. I mean, I certainly picked Tampa Bay over the Steelers. Uh, I picked. um, I did pick the the Eagles. There was another one. Oh, oh, the um, the Forty Niners. I mean, I didn't see that one coming. I mean, I, I, I guess I still can't tell how good Atlanta is, uh, but to beat them by two touchdowns. I thought San Francisco, and I had said I think would start rolling uh, just a little bit, but that's certainly not the case uh, with that performance. And you you sit there and you look at that division; they're three and three. The Rams are three and three. Seattle is three and three, and Arizona's two and four. So uh, it, it's been tougher and tougher to pick games this year. I, we talk about teams in college; more teams I think are better and and closing the gap. And I think in the NFL, you know, we're using that, what, what people consider the F word a little bit when you say, is there parody in the league now? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I don't know if it's parody or if it, there's just a lot of like medium good teams. Like there's, there's some teams that are just not blowing me away, but I think we'll make the playoffs versus teams where I'm like, yeah, these four teams will definitely be in it. And we can predict to see them in, in January playing one another. Like, I still don't know what to think about the Chargers. I don't know if you watched that yes. game. With yes. Russell Wilson, and now he's getting an MRI on his on his um, hamstring, I believe, and he might have a, a serious injury there. But that's a team that I'm like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a deep playoff run if they make it, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they peter out the yeah. rest of the season because they've just played kind of weird all year. Yeah, I, everyone, we saw the arrow up on the Chargers, and I think the expectation was a little more. Now they're four and two, and Kansas City's four and two, but I'm with you. The smell test, how they look, you're just, I'm, I'm, I, it's been a little surprising um, to me. All right, to, to finish this one up, we, so Smetty and I again, Jess we went, and I went on our first road trip. It was at Notre Dame, and they lost. So we're willing to come to your school if you want to take the chance of that team playing poorly uh, the next day. The one thing I have to ask now, Jess, she did bring me 
some baked goods. And let me tell you what, they were good. They were little, uh, what, 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 what officially were they called? They were apple cider donuts, but I made them in a mini muffin tin because I didn't have a donut tin. They were so good. And I mean, she brought a big thing of Tupperware with a lot of them in there. And I could have just housed them like popcorn. I started doing that. And finally, I was like, I can't do this anymore. So tell the next day you went out, we saw we, we saw each other at the, the pregame show that we went on. Then I was going home to nap. And you were going out to tailgate because it was about right. noon and we had seven and a half hours before the game when I need my rest. What did you do? And you said you were going to take those uh, apple cider muffins out into the tailgating world. I did. I brought them to a tailgate. And when I opened the container, Mike, there were like 10 left. And I was like, sorry, I think Mike Golick actually ate the rest yeah. of these. I made like 50 of them. Yeah. Um, but I did I did bring a, a contribution to the tailgate I went to. Yeah, like you said, I... I went to the bookstore, tailgated a little. Um, I was reminded how much it absolutely sucks to wait in line for one of those porta potties behind Legends oh. when you really ah. have to pee. Oh my god, that was a disaster! I hated it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really beautiful day and a, a wonderful day of tailgating. And, and I almost wish I could have been frozen in time and and not gone into the stadium because as soon as I did, that's when everything um, happened that was bad in the world. But Mike, I'm wondering if we can maybe use our bad luck powers for good this weekend or, or another time this season. I know, you know, Notre Dame fans hate Michigan. Michigan's playing Michigan State. Maybe we could like sneak oh. into Ann Arbor or East Lansing, wherever that game is, and do a live show there. And good call. I don't know. I mean, we got to do something about this. We got to turn yeah. this thing around. Yeah, we do. And if it's using our powers and by God, we are going to do it. That's what we do. One real quick. So as I said, noon, we left each other. Did you stay out and active that entire time and then went right into the game? Yes, I was. And I was exhausted when I got oh home Saturday my night. God. Mike, I, I don't think I'm equipped for that kind of day anymore. And it makes me nervous for the Clemson game because I have the same plans in mind. But yeah, it was it was exhausting. And, and I used to do that, you know, as a student all the time. We'd spend the entire day outside tailgating or whatever. And now I'm just like, I was so tired afterwards. I almost fell asleep in my seat at the game. I mean, maybe yeah. that was just because the offense stopped. Yeah, that's lot, true. But. Exactly. But yeah, as a college student, listen, we're, we're all – we're all conditioned and trained to go multiple nights in a row of uh, partying. So, <laughs> but it's amazing how quickly you leave college and how quickly that leaves you. I, on the other hand, went home and we probably left for the stadium at about six o'clock. So oh my God. I watched, that's amazing. I watched, I watched the <laughs> noon game that was on. It was Michigan, Penn state and others. Yeah. And then the three thirty game was Alabama, Tennessee and Oklahoma state TCU. I watched that up till six o'clock. And then we went to the stadium and watched the end of it there. It was awesome. I wasn't tired at all. <laughs> well, you also have the, the benefit of having a nap nearby. So maybe for the Clemson game when I'm staying at your house, I'll be taking an afternoon nap. There well. you go. A little afternoon siesta before the show. Well, that will be, uh, that will be, that would be good. So, again, anybody that wants us to work our magic for you, all you just have to let us know. <laughs> <laughs>